0: to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. What I want to share with you this evening actually began with a testimony that Herman and Rudy and the guys gave a couple of weeks ago. Were, you some, were any of you there in the service? Was in when was it September? Um, when we were down at the pastors' summit at Convergence, uh, and um, they had been on a a holiday to Iran to go and climb a mountain for for tough guys, and um, <laughs> got turned the holiday into a mission trip of sorts. And they were just sharing about how, even though they hadn't gone with the intention of specifically reaching out our god actually gave them many opportunities to do that and and I was I remember listening to to their um, testimonies on you know when I downloaded the podcast onto my phone and I was just I just enjoyed it so much it was so encouraging so powerful and I was just so proud of them you know for the, just for the way they, they testified about what the lord had done and um, <clears throat> uh, probably at least two or so weeks later, a lady in church called um, Lillian. Some of you might know her. She's an older lady, <clears throat> a real intercessor, quite a strong prophetic gift and so on. She said to me, um, do you realize that something started with that service? And, and she said it, it was like a wave, like a tsunami um, of testimony. And she said, anyone can get on that wave. And anyone who gets on that way will be able to testify, and the Lord's going to do mighty things. And, and, and that wave has started. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, yesterday evening we had um, Lauren's book launch. Um, and, uh, oh, I think it's probably a first for us as a congregation, eh? Oh, first fruit. Let's receive that as a first fruit. <laughs> many books. Many books still to come from people in this congregation. Amen. And, um... <clears throat> It was all about testimony. I mean, the whole book is about, it's, it's basically 10 ladies, their testimonies of what God has done in their lives and how God has set them free. And um, at the end um, of, of the launch, Lauren asked me, you know, and, and, and she used the, on the little page she handed out, she used the scripture, Revelation 12, verse 11. Um, and they, overcome him, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony not loving their lives even unto death. <clears throat> and at the end, she sort of asked me, I was just, I was just a, a, you know, a guest there, you know, I, I, um, but she just asked me, you know, do you want to share anything or so? And she obviously, you know, sort of had a, had a feeling there's something I have to share and pray. Um, and, and at first I said, no, there's nothing specific. And then I remembered something that, you know, when, when, when I'd actually read the scripture that the Lord just showed me, which I'll share with you um, a bit later. Um, and then I just prayed and, and I just remembered... What Lillian said about that wave of testimony. And I just pray that God will, will release this wave of testimony and, and really, um, yeah, that, that, that this book launch, which is a book about testimonies and a book of testimonies, will just be sort of the culmination of the release of these testimonies, of our testimonies, into Joburg and into the world. Um, and um, this morning. Um, after church, Lillian came to me and, um, and she said to me, <clears throat> um, I, I can't remember all the details, but she said something like, the, you know, she woke up early in the morning, like one o'clock um, this morning, and, and the Lord just showed her, oh, why am I so loud? And she said, do you realize that wave that I spoke of that was starting, it's now going full force? She, she, wasn't, at the, she wasn't at the book launch or at the book release you know she didn't hear the prayer that i prayed last night but this morning she said god said that that wave is is like going full force now and 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 that wave of testimony that tsunami of testimony is just starting to go out and any one of us can ride that wave if we want to and and then um you know at, at the end of the book launch um, lauren said to me yeah she thinks i should preach about revelations 12 verse 11 and i said no no, no you, you do it it's fine But then, (laughs) after this morning, I realized she was right, as usual, now I have to preach on it. (laughs) I have to preach on it. Um, So I'm just going to read a a few verses around Revelation 12, um, verse 11 for you. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV, and I'm just going to read from verse 7. I'm just going to focus on on verse 11, but I just want to give you a bit of context. It says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon And his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, was cast down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then he heard a loud voice in heaven then, Sorry, then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of the brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down or cast down. And then verse 11. They, that's the, the brothers, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony they did not, uh, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Or they, Literally, they didn't love their lives unto death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. And um, the first thing that I uh, just want to share with you is, I, I want you to notice um, how the devil just loses the whole time. <laughs> I mean, the scripture starts off with how he gets his butt kicked in heaven by Michael and the gang, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then he gets cast down to earth, and what does it say happens on earth? They overcame him. I mean, it it says he loses in heaven because he was not strong enough. (laughs) Okay, against, you know, Michael the archangel and the heavenly host, and then he gets kicked down, he gets demoted to earth and then he loses there against us (laughs) i mean how how humiliating must that be it's just defeat after defeat you know he's so frustrated no one no wonder he's so angry you know he's he must be the most frustrated being in the whole universe in the whole of creation he just he just loses the whole time but it mentions okay um they overcame him and then it mentions three things the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and not loving their lives even to death. And um, I just want to focus on those three things. The first thing it says, they, they overcame him by those three things, blood of the lamb. So the blood of the lamb um, obviously points to a historic event. And that historic event is the one that we sang of in the last song. In the cross of Christ, he paid my debts, he bought my freedom. Christ who tore the veil for us all. So the blood of Christ that was that was shed on the cross so it, it points to that historic event but but more than that it says by the blood of the lamb more than that 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 historic event actually points back to another historic event in the history of israel the exodus remember the culmination of the exodus was where they where they slaughtered the passover lamb and they took hyssop which is a bitter herb, um, representing repentance and they painted, they dipped it in the blood, and, uh, and they painted it on the, the doorposts and lintels of their houses. And, and um, then the, 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 the death angel, the destroyer, passed over them. And they, their firstborn didn't die. And it's that story that this, when it says the blood of the lamb, it recalls that Exodus story. It says that our lives is a kind of Exodus. And, and the Exodus starts with the blood of the lamb being on, painted through repentance on the doorposts of our hearts. That's where it starts. But, but just see it in the context of that historic event of the Exodus. Just think of it. In other words, it says that just like Israel was were slaves, we sang about that as well, no longer a slave to fear, Were slaves in Egypt, and they were oppressed by Pharaoh. So... We were slaves in the world, and we were oppressed by Satan, the devil. Satan literally means the adversary, the devil, the the accuser of the brethren, the deceiver of the world. We were oppressed by him. So it says we were oppressed slaves, just like they were oppressed slaves. We, We had Satan over us just like they had Pharaoh over them. And we are set free by the blood of the Lamb, just like they. Our exodus begins with the blood of the Lamb, just like their exodus began with the blood of the Lamb. And our exodus, I mean, they didn't leave Egypt and immediately end up in the promised land. Okay? We'll get to that just now. So, so y- y- you can see that this scripture has the exodus, the story of the exodus behind it, the story of oppression and then being set free. And, and here's the thing. Um, everyone in Egypt, at the time of the Exodus, were sinners. Everyone, not just the Egyptians, the Israelites too. Everyone was sinners. Okay, And the penalty for their sin, the very final plague of the ten plagues was the death of the firstborn. And the only reason the Israelites didn't experience that was because the blood was painted on the doorposts. The blood of the Lamb Who is the ultimate firstborn. Who would eventually die for the sins of the world. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see how God, I mean we sang it. Before the world began, he knew he'd give his son. While we were still dead in our sins. Can you see that? Can you see how the whole history of mankind was designed to give us categories to fit Jesus in (laughs) and understand Him as the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist says, pointing to Jesus. Um, So to understand that scripture, you have to see the the story of the Exodus in the background. Otherwise, you're not going to understand it. But um, here's the other thing that I want you to see. Um, that just like the blood of the lamb had to be applied to the doorposts through hyssop, the doorposts of each um, house through hyssop, so the blood of the lamb has to be applied to the doorpost of our heart. Okay? So there's an objective reality, historic reality of the blood of the lamb being shed, but then there's the subjective experience of us applying it in our lives. Reinhard Bonker always says, Soap has been around for for thousands of years, and yet there are still dirty people in the world. The blood of the Lamb has been around for thousands of years, and yet there are still guilty and condemned people in the world. And what's the difference between the dirty people and the clean people? The application of the soap. And the same goes for the blood of the Lamb. So we have to apply it to, to, to our hearts. And then so it says the blood of the Lamb, and that's that historic, that grand, ultimate, historic reality of Jesus coming to die for our sins. I, I just I just feel the Holy Spirit says some of you don't really get that. Some of you don't really get that someone actually died for you. That someone loved you so much that they were willing to die for you. It's not just every day that someone dies for you. It's not just every day that someone would give up their lives to save your life. And think about this. Jesus' life is worth so much more than ours because he's God. And he was willing to give up his life, his divine life, to give us life. We really need to get that. We really need to get that. Holy Spirit, I pray that we will get that tonight in Jesus' name. So there's that object of historic reality. But then it says, not only the blood of the Lamb, but the word of our testimony. Now, when it says the word of our testimony, with testimony you already sort of think about something being spoken. But the author wants to make it clear it's the word. He wants to doubly emphasize that it's spoken. You know, so often we hear... um, A saying attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, you know, um, preach the gospel and, if necessary, use words. Now, in the first place, St. Francis never said that. (laughs) He never said that. (laughs) That's attributed to him, but he never actually said that. You cannot preach the gospel without words. Preach the gospel with words and add to it your lifestyle. Confirm it with your lifestyle. In other words, it's the word of our testimony. Using words is not optional. Using words is not just a nice extra. It is the word that is the testimony. And without the words, there is no testimony. There is no testimony. Um, And and the interesting thing, the question then is, okay, what is the word of their testimony? When when he talks about, in, in Revelation, the word of their testimony... Of, of the saint's testimony. What is that word of the testimony? And, and it was interesting. I, did, I, I didn't noticed this before, but while I was preparing this afternoon, I only prepared this afternoon because I actually had another sermon that I was planning to preach until um, Lauren's <laughs> instructions convicted me. It says uh, in Revelation 1 verse 2, uh, let me just read from verse 1. It says, Revela- The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants that must, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies of everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. What does he testify of? The word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay. Then in verse 9, it says, I, John, your brother and companion... In the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that is ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. See, the same two things again. The word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In uh, chapter 6 verse 9. Just turn there. Revelation 6 verse 9. It says, um, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Now, you can imagine that testimony obviously is the same, the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. Uh, in chapter 12, verse 17, it says, um, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off and, uh, to make war against the rest of her offspring those who obey God's commands the word of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus okay and then chapter 20 verse 4 it says i saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge and i saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Je- for Jesus and because of the word of God can you see the pattern what is the testimony? What is the word of the testimony? The testimony of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, the testimony about Jesus. So in other words, it's, it's, it's two things. Remember that that was written to churches in the time when the New Testament was still being written. Okay? And it's saying, and, and, and most of them, many of them, not most of them, but many of them were eyewitnesses to, to, to the life of Jesus. Okay? So it's saying to them, there's two things that you testify about. You testify about the written word of God, and you testify about Jesus from your eyewitness testimony. But not only from your eyewitness testimony, because it's not only the eyewitnesses that gave the testimony of Jesus. Even those who were not physical eyewitnesses gave the testimony of Jesus. Why? Why? What, what is it? What, What is is a testimony? What is a, a witness? It's something you give in court, right? You testify in court to the truth. And what do you testify of? In the very first verse it says, testify what you have seen and heard. In other words, every single Christian has a testimony of Jesus. In other words, a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. In other words... I like the the way that Revelation says it. The Revelation doesn't say they gave, the one place where it says they gave the word of their testimony is the verse that we're looking at, Revelation 12 verse 11. Every other place, the word of our testimony is called the word of God, which we testify, and the testimony about Jesus, or the testimony of Jesus. In other words, my testimony is not what has happened to me, as though the focus were on me, as though I were the hero of the story. It's the testimony of Jesus and what He has done in my life. Because He's the hero of the story. He's the one who has come and overcome the oppressor who oppressed me and forced Him through His blood, through His sacrificial death, to set me free and started the new exodus in my life. And He's the one leading me in this new exodus all the way to the promised land. He's the hero of my story. That's why it's the testimony of Jesus. Jesus. And as when we testify and we make ourselves the hero of the story, it's not a biblical testimony. Unless in your testimony it's clear that Jesus is the hero of the story, it's not a biblical testimony. Amen? In which of your lives is Jesus the hero of the story? Who of you can testify that, yes, Jesus is the hero of my story? He's the one who, at great personal cost, came to save me, even though I didn't deserve it. <clears throat> now, I just want you to, um, to notice another thing. Okay, so, so it's the, the objective word of God and then also our subjective experience of Jesus saving us, as I say. But one thing I want you to notice, it says they, oh, they overcame him. Let me just see if the NIV also says it um, in that specific way. I, I checked a, a different translation. But it, if I'm correct, it's, it says um, in verse 11, they overcame. Yeah, it's past tense, right? They overcame him. Um, just if you look at the, at the previous verse, it says, for the accuser of the brothers who accuses. what The accuser is in present tense. Can you see that? The accuser is in the present tense. It's happening now, and it's still going on. Okay. So Satan is busy accusing us. He's the accuser of him, busy accusing us. But he doesn't say we are busy overcoming him. You notice that? we're not busy overcoming. We have already overcome him. <laughs> His defeat is in the past tense. Our overcoming, our victory is in the past tense. It's already happened. Isn't that amazing? And our testimony is just a testimony of how we have already overcome. We have not yet seen the full implementation of that overcoming. It's, it's already, but not yet. It's already been accomplished. It's not yet been fully applied. It's being applied, and one day it will be fully applied, but it's, it's already in the past tense. So they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives even unto death. Now, if life is an exodus journey, if, if our exodus started with the blood of the Lamb and we are busy and our life is, is like an exodus journey out of Egypt towards the promised land, then what is the promised land for us? When, our, when, when is our salvation consummated? When we die, right? Right? We're already saved, but our salvation uh, uh, and we are being saved, and we will be saved, and we will be, uh, and our salvation will be completed and consummated when we die. In other words, here's the thing: you cannot threaten a Christian with death, (laughs) because what what happens when you die? That's how you enter the promised land. That's how your salvation is consummated. That's how you enter heaven. That's how every veil that um, made your 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 experience of, of God in His presence, that limited your experience of God in His presence, is torn and, and, and the final veil is taken away. So, threatening a Christian with death is like threatening them with heaven. <laughs> That's why Paul says, to live is Christ and to die is gain, you know? <clears throat> so, you can not threaten a Christian with death. Um, but one, one um, last thing that I want to share, and this uh, brings me back to, to Rudy and them and their, um, and their trip. Coming back from that trip, um, Neil shared something very interesting with me, and I, I can't remember if he actually shared it on, in, in that testimony. He shared about them talking to a lady, an Iranian lady. I think she was from Iran. Um, and apparently, you know, um, the ladies in Iran really like Neil, because he has blonde hair and blue eyes, and they aren't, obviously, that many guys in Iran with blonde hair and blue eyes. So, so apparently, you know, the ladies sort of throw themselves at him. <laughs> Rudy's just smiling. <laughs> uh, and, and he says that they were one, one day they were talking to this one Iranian lady. Um, I think she was a lecturer at some other university, if, if I remember correctly. And <clears throat> she was sort of listening to their testimony you know, with interest. And you know, sometimes we we, we we say um you know people people can deny, say the word of God, but they can deny your testimony. But people do actually sometimes deny your testimony, but they do it in this way. Okay, obviously it happened, and that's true for you, but it's not true for me. It applies to you, and I'm 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 so happy for you. But what does that have to do with me? And and that's how people often dismiss the word of our testimony and that's why it's not only only the subjective because i say it's subjective it's, it's your experience you know and that's great i'm not denying it but it's your experience and that's why it's not only the subjective that's important but also the objective not only the testimony about what jesus did in your life but also the word of god because you cannot deny that historic reality of jesus actually dying on the cross and rising again that that is important as well it's actually both if you have, if you only have the blood of the lamb if you only have the Word of God, and, but, but not a testimony of, of, about what Jesus did in your life, it's not powerful. But if you only have the testimony of what Jesus did in your life, but not the more objective evidence of the Word of God, that's also not entirely powerful. You need both. You need both, okay? It's not one or the other. Um, so he, they were sharing, and, and this lady apparently was like, yeah, you know, nice, interesting. You know, I'm quite happy to talk about that, but it's not going to affect my life. It's true for you, but not true for me. That was sort of the attitude. Until... Neil and them shared with with her but you know, as young men, you know, in our 20s or whatever, you know, as young Christians who believe in Jesus, who are followers of Jesus, we don't sleep around, you know, we don't just have sex with anyone. And she was like, what? I mean, why not, you know? And all of a sudden, she started taking interest and started, and here's the thing, he said she only really started taking our testimony, because we shared our testimony about how Jesus saved us, but she didn't really take that seriously until we shared how much it costs us. Then all of a sudden she started taking our testimony seriously. Can you see that? People will listen to your testimony quite happily because they'll listen with an attitude of it's true for you but not true for me. It's true for you and that's great, but it, it doesn't really affect my life. And, and, and it, it won't really affect them until they see, but it, hang on, you know, this really costs him something and he's willing to pay that price. If he's willing to pay that price, this must be more serious and more powerful than I realize. And all of a sudden, she took, sat up and took notice because they'd shared that it actually cost them something. So here's the thing. The word of our testimony would have mean, meant nothing without the blood of the Lamb. But on the other side, the word of our testimony would also not mean anything unless we do not love our lives, even unto death. It's that sacrifice that we make that gives credibility To our testimony. Because when we are willing to suffer, even unto death, for what we believe, for what we testify, then people cannot dismiss our testimony so easily. Then people have to take it seriously because then people see we really believe it. We really take it seriously. Can you see that? And that's why not loving their lives unto death is so important. That's why the early Christians changed the known world. I mean, I, I often use this example because I just find it so um, amazing. You know, the, the city of Carthage. You know, at the resurrection of Jesus in thirty A.D. had basically zero Christians. At ninety A.D., almost about sixty years later, at the end of the um, first century. Or, or, no, at 180, at at the end of the first, right at the end of the first century, it was 90% Christian. So, how did it go from being 0% Christian to being 90% Christian in 70 years? They did not love their lives even unto death. They really believed their testimony about Jesus, about the Word of God, and about Jesus, so much so that they were willing to die for it. And people looked at that and said, wow, this is real. If they are willing to pay that price, Then this must be real. And often we, as modern Christians, are not willing to pay hardly any price for what we believe and for what we testify. And then we're surprised if people don't take us that seriously. Mm. So I want to encourage you we have overcome him. Past tense. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, the word of God and the testimony about Jesus, and not loving our lives even unto death. Those three things work together to make us overcome Satan, to make us overcome the world and to allow God to through us change the world like he did with the early church. And that is the wave that has been released among us. The wave of that testimony. The wave of that witness. And, and, and I just want to close with, <coughs> with this. Uh, two things. One thing that I shared um, last night. Notice, and I've already made this point. It's not they overcame him by the w- blood of the Lamb or the word of our, their testimony or not loving their lives to death. They're not ors. They're ands. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And not loving their lives unto death. It's all three. It's all three. And when you have all three of those together, it's a potent mix. And it's very hard for people to resist or deny that kind of testimony. And, you know, if, if that wave, if the prophetic word is correct and that wave is already going, that tsunami of testimony is already going, we want to be part of it, right? Right? And here's the thing that I want, want, want us to do. I want us to, one, activate, and two, celebrate each other's testimony. Activate it by calling it out. Did you know you can call out people's testimony about Jesus? You can ask people. Some people, are, like Lauren, are good at that. You know, They just come and say, what is Jesus doing in your life? And then you have to think, okay, you know, I haven't thought about this for a while. What is Jesus doing in my life, you know? And then when you finish, you know, and you you finish sharing what Jesus did, you know, you're encouraged. Because you realize, oh, wow, you know, I I should think about this more often, you know? Jesus really is doing stuff in my life, you know? He's faithful. (coughs) Amen? Isn't that true? And then you, but you don't only activate it by calling it out. Once you've called it out and activated it and someone shared that testimony with you, you celebrate it. Because here's the thing what you celebrate, you propagate. What you celebrate, you propagate. So we can help each other to serve that tsunami of testimony, right?